Welcome into episode eight of the Briar Chat podcast. I'm Cam Huffman, director of public relations here at the Greenbrier, and I'm joined today by Cheryl Gum. And as you might notice, we're in a little bit different location this week. I know if uh, a lot of you are fans of the Greenbrier, you've probably seen the glass case out front and you would recognize the candy maker anywhere. We're here in the back today, kind of where the magic happens and uh, joined by Cheryl, who's made the magic happen here for uh, 40 years, right, Cheryl? Yes. <laughs> and uh, we're talking to Cheryl today because her, her story career here at the Greenbrier is about to come to an end. She's got about two more weeks and going to officially retire. Uh, and I don't know what the Greenbrier is going to be like without you, Cheryl. Everybody's so used to seeing you every day. So. That's true. I'm, <laughs> I'm used to being seen also. Um, but this actually, this shop is only 33 years old. We used to have it in the West Virginia wing on the fourth floor where guests were staying also. And so we had people to uh, investigate and they would come and go through the double doors and they would find us. And because you could smell the butter cooking, you could smell the chocolate spinning. And so we found out that a lot of people found out about us and they wanted to bring us down into the open. Right. So that was when Chef uh, Hartman Hankey was the executive chef here. And we, uh, we built this the year that I was pregnant with my son. He was born in January of 1990 and we moved here in March of 1990. Oh, wow. So, and it actually, the chocolate actually started in the pastry shop in the walk-in cooler before my time. Oh, wow. There was a man by the name of Mark Gray that started the chocolate, and he stayed here and decided to leave here about six months before I changed jobs. I was in the main kitchen, and I would go over and, and I, just to talk, uh, but Mark never did let you just talk. He would say, Cheryl, pick up a bag and start piping. And so we did. <laughs> I did. I did. Um, he was a great friend. I still admire everything he does. He moved to South Carolina. He still comes up once a year. His parents live in Virginia. And so we still have a, a friendship going. But this shop here, we, uh, we changed a lot of things when we came down here. We used to do a lot of stuff in the pastry shop, making the ganache and, and bringing it over to the West Virginia wing. So when we came down here, we were able to use our own machines and everything so that was an asset to be down here and we had the windows on the sides of us and on the front so we got to see a lot of people in fact i've seen a lot of kids grow up in those windows i've uh, seen whole families grow up in those windows and we still have them come by here at least twice a year sometimes more Uh Uh, i know i have one family that his son goes to virginia tech and they stay here on their way from wisconsin Mm-hmm. And so I see the kids on a pretty regular basis. Uh, that's amazing. I can't imagine the, the faces you've seen in those windows over the years. <laughs> let's, uh, let's take a step back for a second and kind of uh, get into your background a little bit. Um, where did you grow up and have you always sort of uh, been interested in food and cooking or how did that sort of start? Actually, no. I grew up in Greenberg County. My father worked for the U.S. Forest Service and I thought I was wanting to do the same thing as he did. I went to college for forestry, and I um, met a man, (laughs) (laughs) and that kind of changed the route. I did know a little bit about candy, but it was just usually just the hard candies that you see at Christmas time. Uh We figured out how to make bowls and and different things using hard candy uh, in my own home. 
So whenever this came about, I uh, was 25 when I started here. Okay. And so we uh, started in the main kitchen. I worked down at the golf club, came back to the main kitchen, and that's when I met Mark. And I, I would go over before my shift because I always worked the evening shift. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we just bonded. Um, our birthdays are almost the same. Our year was the same. So we just kind of had an immediate attraction to each other. And what, what were you doing in the main kitchen? What? I was a round chef. I worked the veggie station and uh, down at the golf club, I did the rotations. And so when I came back up to the main kitchen, I, uh, I still stayed in the rounds. I still stayed at the veggie station and we were in charge. I was in charge of all the vegetables and potatoes and everything that was going on the main dinners, on the banquets and everything like that. Okay, so you then you like you said you met, you met Mark. You started to, to yeah. kind of take an interest in that. When did the when did the chocolate become your full time gig? Um, it was about a year and a half, almost two years after that when he left. Um, I can't remember the month that I moved actually in there, but one of the things that I found that was different was, of course, it was a daylight shift but I was so used to the fast pace in the kitchen that it took me a while to get used to the slower pace in the, in the chocolate shop. Okay, yeah, that's interesting for yeah. sure. So, and then we, uh, we did go to Gaithersburg. I went to Gaithersburg, Maryland to Albert Ooster School Confectionery, and we were up there for, to, to finish school. We, it was just a small, small school in that time. Um, Albert Ooster was a great manufacturer. He, he came over from Switzerland and he found out he couldn't find products for himself. He was the pastry chef at that time. So he built the company. And so that's where I went to school. In fact, I heard from one of the salesmen yesterday uh, that he heard that I was going to retire. And I hadn't heard from him probably in a couple years. Oh, wow. And so because everything, you know, is digital nowadays. Right. Yeah. That's it. So what, what kind of things do you really, I mean, when, when people people that come and, and buy the chocolates and, and know they enjoy them, but what kind of things do you learn at school that, that makes it well, into a Well, one career? of the things that we did when when I was up there, we, we started working with bases as far as creams, and we already had the truffles here, and that was an interest of mine because you could basically make a ganache and add anything you wanted to it, and I like to use little liqueurs, and we at one time I had like 14 different liqueurs going, um, and that, that kept you hopping all the time because most of your liqueurs, each base would be about 300 to 350 pieces per. Okay. And um, one little side note, in 1989, when President George H.W. Bush became president, mm -hmm. we, the Greenberg Hotel was asked to furnish 10,000 truffles for one of the inauguration parties. Wow. And that was one of the highlights for... For us, uh, there was just me and another lady at the time that helped with that, with, that did that. And so we got, the, we got the ganache made in three days, which was an undertaking. Because at that time, I was still making ganache in the pastry shop and hauling it over <laughs> to the West Virginia wing. And so that's they, where it happened. Were they all different flavors? It was all six different flavors. Oh, wow. Okay. So we, sh we trade them up on sheet trays and lined them up in Colonial Hall just to get pictures and different different newspapers came up to uh, take pictures and, and get the interviews and everything like that. So the, the entire process of completing it, how long did it take? It took about a week and a half. Okay. Yeah. That, that's amazing. And we had enough time, so that's why we was able to advertise it a little bit and take pictures. 
uh, just to have a memory of the experience that we had. That's amazing. Uh, going, taking a, a step back again, uh, when you talked about uh, kind of the origins of how it started, how many how many products were you were you making at that time, and how has that evolved? Over well, we had the six truffles, we had three different clusters, and we had some bark. We didn't have, and we had English toffee. We also had what was called an Arcadia, which I don't make anymore, and we also had a honey pecan. Okay. And so we had different probably about 20 different kinds of candies that we made at that time. Mm -hmm. And so that kept us busy because it was only two. Right. And then when we moved down here, we had three chefs that would help with all that. Okay. And so we, uh, we kind of expanded because now that we were in the public eye, we found out that people would ask for different things. Uh -huh. I have another story about the praline. While we have the praline, we had our president at one time, Ted Klausner, had asked for a New Orleans-themed cocktail party. Okay. And with that meant that he wanted pralines. Well, we didn't know how to make pralines. Slight problem. <laughs> <laughs> Slight problem. We had every chef in the pastry shop trying to make a praline that would work. And finally, we said, well, let's just try the um, the the." Uh, Carolina praline without adding the Rice Krispies. Okay. Just the same ingredients, the same measurements, just to see if it would work. And it did. And we were very well relieved because we were down to the deadline for the party. So we have been making those pralines since then. Oh, wow. Another interesting story is one time we had a batch of pica uh, cashews to come in and they were all broken. And this is when Mr. Stoner was still here working. And he came to me and he says, we have several cases of cashews that were broken. We can't use them in the rooms. Because at that time we boxed up cashews for people to buy in the rooms. Huh? And so I said, yeah, bring them down here. We can use them. So he brought the two cases down and we said, well, we could use them in, we could use them in clusters, but let's do something different. And so we decided we'd make a brittle Instead of a peanut brittle that everybody is known for, sure. we put cashews in it. And so it's still made today. We lost those pieces years ago, but now we break up the cashews to put it in the brittle. That's amazing. <laughs> you were you were talking a moment ago about the windows, and I was kind of looking out the windows and just thinking about it. Was that an adjustment when you moved down here, getting used to it people really, watching you all the time? It really was uh, kind of an adjustment because you'd see so many people, and it was to be honest with you, it was a lot of the staff that would come by here and look into windows because they actually thought that we bought the candy here. Right. They did not know that we made the candy here. And so well, that was an adjustment for us, but it was an adjustment for people that was never around the kitchen. And so they found that out really quick. And so we see a lot of people in the windows nowadays and they, they'll wave to you and then sometimes Sometimes they don't want to let me know that they're watching, right. and so they'll kind of back up <laughs> right beforehand. But I usually see them whenever I when I see them walk past. But we we do we see a lot of people in the windows, and we um, have a lot of people out front that will wave to us from out front. Sure. Yeah. Different times of the year, I know, bring about different different things that you make, different challenges, uh, busier times of the year, and things that. Um, you, you had my assistants one time decorating the eggs, which had to be a highlight of your career, I'm sure. But uh, 
what, what just take us through some of those different holidays what are kind of the busiest times and the different things you do for different holidays easter is definitely my favorite time i mean we do have a lot to go that goes on in christmas but easter is still my favorite time because every egg is different i uh, just like when you were here you know i asked you what you wanted to use as far as flowers and you picked out the flowers but everything was different on the shape of what we was going to do how he's going to do it i've done different people different years they will request different things and we we have so many people nowadays that have particular things that they want on top the egg you know different flowers and so i try my best to accommodate we also have special candy that goes inside eggs of course it's all of our candies that goes inside but sometimes they'll ask for no nuts or sometimes they'll ask for just dark chocolate so we try to accommodate each special order right then at Christmas time, what are, what are some of the special things you do then? Well, of course, we do Santas. Mm -hmm. We do Christmas trees. And we do a, probably 500 suckers. Okay. And Sue kind of takes over with the suckers. She likes to do the suckers. So she, I just let her have at it with the suckers, and I just work on some of the other things that we do. But we do have, uh, we do have a lot of people that comes by just to get the Santa Clauses. And another thing we do at Christmas time is we do the chocolate bombs that you can make cocoa with and we do a lot of those and we also do um like thanksgiving we actually start with thanksgiving we do a lot of thanksgiving for turkeys and pumpkins people like them for their centerpieces uh -huh. and so we do big turkeys and then one man in particular he does it every year um he wants a dark cornucopia filled with dark chocolate and then most of the time he wants strawberries around it but he doesn't use it himself. He gives it to his neighbor. Oh, wow. Because she has lots of kids. Yeah. And they, they bring in the family. And so I think that's, that's awesome that he does that for his neighbor every single year. Yeah. So what, what other times of the year? Maybe Valentine's Day? I know. Valentine's, we have a little bit of a business. Uh, we don't sell a lot. We do a lot of boxes. That's probably from all the employees like me who forget about Valentine's yeah, and they, Day. And you have to show up like two hours before to go home. Yeah, we do that. <laughs> For <laughs> we sure. Try, we try to make everybody happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when it, when it comes to some of those different products, what, what are your favorites? What, what do you enjoy the most? I like sweet and salty, which means I like pretzels. Okay. I, um, I, I just like that combination. I've always liked it. I'm not a big fan of the truffles because... Um, it's just not one of my favorite things that I would want to eat. However, I did taste the amaretta this morning because it had nuts on the outside of it. Right. <laughs> but then we also do, we do different things. We've got new things that we do all the time. I did bring back the lemon buttercream for the summer. And we use either oils or compounds for all those flavors when we do buttercreams. And that's an interesting story in itself because when we had three people that worked here, one of the ladies... Her, she was from a large family back in the 60s, and her dad would go to the store and bring back the kids what was called cream drops. Okay. And so she said, I would love to know how to make those. And so we started playing with it. We knew it took butter, and then from there we knew it was going to have to have some fondant in there to stabilize it, and then chocolate, and then flavor. And so it didn't happen overnight, but we finally got it. And so once we got the buttercream, the vanilla buttercream, we said, well, we could do any kind of flavor with that because there's the base. Right. So the first one we did was orange, and we used a compound for that, and we sprayed it with um, cocoa butter. 
And of course, as you see the showcase, that's what every kid's eye goes to is that orange buttercream. Right. From the orange, we did the strawberry, and then we do different flavors. Now we've got the lemon back for the summer. As soon as I get some oils, we'll do the um, key lime, and that's a big favorite also. That's a, that's a favorite of mine for sure. Yeah. But that, that sounds like that when, when you're kind of going through those stories, that has to be one of the most fun parts of the job, just, just doing some of those experiments yeah. and getting I'd getting love, it right. I love to work with experiments. It's just like back in the old days, whenever I was getting the magazine, the Chocolatier magazine, we would see different liqueurs. And I would always go and I'd say, hey, can I get this liqueur? And they'd say, yeah, we'll get it. And about three days later, I'd have it. Uh -huh. And so I'd play with it until I got the flavor that I thought was appropriate for it. Right. You talk about all those products. We, we mentioned a minute ago kind of what you started with. Uh, how many products do you think you have on the shelf now? Close to 50. Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, you, were, you were telling me not long ago about the uh, the Old Smoky Moonshine that made its way oh, yeah. into The Old Smoky Moonshine is a favorite. Um, and how it came to be was Smoky Mountain wanted a contract, so they brought up different flavors. And the people that was there to taste all the flavors saw the one and Ann said, I think Cheryl could do something with this one. And so they set it aside and it was the butter pecan. And so she gave it to me and I brought it down here and I said, yeah, I'm going to work on it. And so I made a ganache out of dark chocolate and added the moonshine to it. And then I put half of it in milk chocolate shells and half of it in dark shells. And you can taste the moonshine better in the dark. However, most people likes the milk because most people like milk chocolate over right. the dark. But you can taste the flavor of the moonshine a lot better in the dark. I'm going to have to try that later. Oh, yeah. I've got some real handy. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> but, and, and going along those lines, what, what are some of people's favorite? What are the most popular things? That most popular is the truffles. Okay. Most, most people will want to, they, because there's, you know, we have 11 different kinds. And so they go towards the truffles every time. A lot of people have certain things that they like, like dark chocolate. So we kind of gear them towards the dark chocolate stuff. Uh, some people say, no, I don't like dark. I want white. And so we, we only have a Bailey's in white chocolate, and we have a pina colada that's in a white chocolate. And we try to gear them towards that. But we also tell them about the white coins or the old whites, or I call them the old whites, but it's a white cluster. And we try to gear them towards the candy that we know that they'll like the chocolate for. Right, Absolutely. Well, kind of switching gears a little bit, I, I know you've, like you said, four decades you've been here, uh, and not all of that has been spent standing in this shop, I'm sure. Uh, what What are some of your other favorite things about the Greenbrier? In the oh, well, I love to come here. I love, um, I like, I like Prime 44, but before Prime 44 was a restaurant, I liked to go down to the golf club to eat dinner. That was a favorite of mine, because you could sit on you could sit there and watch the golfers, or you can just sit and watch the sunset. Right. And I've done that many times. Beautiful place to eat. It is. Summer. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. And then thinking about retirement, uh, what, what do you think you're going to miss the most? Oh, I'll definitely miss the people. I'll miss doing things, you know, with chocolate. I will miss that. But it's the people that I'll miss the most. Will you, will you be making chocolate at home any? No. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a question I know I've heard people asking 40. Do you get tired of chocolate? I've never gotten tired of chocolate. Actually, we cannot smell chocolate. A lot of people, when they come in here, and I'm sure you did this morning, you could smell the chocolate. See, we can't smell the chocolate. We get immune to it. However, if we've gone for like a week or so and we come back in here, we can smell it for a few hours, and then your nose gets immune to it again. Yeah, that's amazing for sure. 
All right, Cheryl, you got to take me through some of these okay, things. Okay, so of course we're going to do moonshine. Okay. Okay, so I have got you a dark moonshine because that's my favorite. Okay. Uh, dark chocolate is actually healthy for you. Plus, you're getting a boost of moonshine in there, so that can't be wrong. Absolutely. I, that's wonderful. And uh, another thing that I like to talk people about is the cherry, mm-hmm. the chocolate-covered cherry. We wash the cherry. We let it set out overnight so it dries. I put fondant on it, a thin layer of fondant on it the next morning, and then I cover it in chocolate. And the acid from the cherry will break down that fondant. So when you bite into that, you have to put the whole thing in your mouth. Otherwise, it's going to drip down your tongue. Perfect. I didn't think I liked dark chocolate, but you're right. I, I love that. That's that's very good. Okay. All right, cherry. Hmm. Did you hear the crunch? Absolutely. Perfect. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I, you know, growing up, you always got those boxes of cherries, and this is a completely different place. Well, and that's another story, uh, if you have time. My husband's mother gave him a box of chocolate-covered cherries every year for Christmas. And I continued that tradition also because he didn't think he would like any of this chocolate here. And so one year I gave him the smallest box possible for Christmas. Uh And I gave him the other box, too, from the store. And when I went, I came home that evening, he had eaten all the cherries except for two. So I don't have to buy the chocolate-covered cherries in the store anymore. He found out that this was better. Wow, yeah, that, that, that is completely different. That's amazing how, how much different it is. So I've got some clusters here, and um, I've got a milk, I've got a dark, and I've got a white. Okay. Now, the white has pecans, the dark has almonds, and the milk has cashews and peanuts. Okay. Do you have a favorite? The answer should be yes. I don't know. I, I I like I like cashews, so maybe Okay. Cashews and peanuts. Okay. That's amazing too. <laughs> we make our own caramel. Mm-hmm. We lost our caramel when we had the pandemic. So we found one box on the internet and I asked Ann and Ann is my go to. I will have to say Ann Sims is my go to person if I need anything special. Mm-hmm. And so she got me one box of the caramel that we used to use so I could see what the ingredients were. Mm-hmm. So I played with it. Another it experiment. Did, it didn't happen overnight, but we've got it down. And that's the caramel that you're eating right now. I don't, I don't know how you could possibly choose a favorite, you know. <laughs> that's, that's, that's wonderful. Now, if I was going to have a cluster, I like cluster. I like a milk chocolate and pecans. And I don't have any of those, but the pecan and white chocolate sells very popular here. That sounds amazing too. Well, here, let's just let you try one. Oh wow, this is this is a good job right here. <laughs> oh yeah, that is really good. So again, I didn't think I was a white chocolate fan either, but I'm not a white chocolate fan. But now, um, on occasion, I will taste taste like the bark. It's got a cranberry and almonds in it. But it's not something I want to go to in immediately. All right. Well, we've we've talked about your career. We've sampled them. Let's talk about retirement now. What, what, what are your plans for retirement? As you well know, I'm involved in the state fair. And so our next big thing is the Big Wheel Bash. It's a fundraiser for scholarships for kids. 
and we do that every it started last year we raised twenty thousand dollars every year i know the Greenbrier was a big part of that as well we were and i was so happy to see everybody because i was the one that had to kind of do the Greenbrier, and and i was i was so happy to see everybody on the tables and everything last year so we do that um i'm also going to get ready for the state fair which is in august i am in charge of the foods in the west virginia building so that means that i have to get judges and actually me being here i get a lot of culinary judges from here uh-huh. either working here or retired and so i've got a dream position right here to do that and so i do that and then we have special contests so that takes me there every day so we um We have a lot of fun with that. Next on the agenda after the fair is probably I'll take a week just to relax after the fair because you kind of go pretty fast during the fair with the contest every single day. But I haven't got a whole lot of plans made. Uh, I I did sell my cattle. We have a farm. We live on a farm. And we're hoping to go down to Florida just to get some warm air in the wintertime. Right. Well. I know you'll be back and, and sample and make sure the, the candy's going as it's supposed to go, right? Well, and I've told them that if they get a big box order, I'll come in and help. So it's not like I'm leaving the country or anything like that. However, I was invited to go with Gail O'Malley for this summer. Um, he was our executive pastry chef back in the day. Um, he asked me to go with him this, this summer, but he left in May and I was still working. So he actually sent me text messages with with videos of where he's been he's in munich right now today so um i would like to go with him i've been i've been to hawaii where he lives uh to see him and he he loves to show people around and so he calls himself the o'malley tours (laughs) that's interesting yeah you were were saying just a minute ago how amazing it's been just uh since the word came out about your retirement how many people have reached out and i think that's that's part of the uh part of the allure of the Greenbrier is the yeah, family atmosphere. I didn't want anything. I didn't want a party. I didn't want anybody. I didn't want any fanfare. I just wanted to kind of just go out, mm-hmm. you know, like the old Westerns, you know, <laughs> just go in the sunset. But that didn't happen. So I've had to embrace it just a little bit. But it has been just tremendous, the amount of people that has reached out to me. I talked to a girl last night and actually, Cam, she was one of the very first ones when we started Time for Truffles. Mm-hmm. She was one of the very first ones that we had. And so she called me last night and um, I've seen a lot of things with her. She's gone through cancer. I was, I, she's She sent me messages through the months that she was sick. Mm-hmm. Um, she's now healthy, she's cancer free. And she made uh, reservations to get here before the end of the month. Oh wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She, she called and told me it was gonna be a girl's d- weekend and so her mom's coming, her sister's coming, and so I can't wait to see her again. That's awesome. Well, Cheryl, we thank you for joining us, and definitely thank you for feeding us, and uh, wish you all all the best in retirement, and uh, it will, you'll certainly be missed around here for sure. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right, well, that's going to do it for Episode 8 of the Briar Chat Podcast. We appreciate you watching. We uh, hope you'll give us some feedback on Facebook, on YouTube, share with your friends, and help us keep this growing. But we'll see you next at the Greenbrier. <laughs>